This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Good morning and welcome to the show. I'm Sterling Fox and in just a few minutes, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio will join us to talk dental health and take your calls. Up first, though, a quick scan of some of the top consumer stories of the week. Vancouver Transit users are going through our first weekend of major changes to SkyTrain routes and schedules as the system prepares for the addition of the Evergreen Line, well, sometime before Christmas. The most changes will happen to the Millennium Line, but there are some for the Expo Line too, including the addition of more cars to those trains. Here's TransLink's Vivian King. The Expo Line will have two branches. One that will go to King George down in Surrey, like it does today, and the other one will actually go through to Production Way. How does this change for our customers? Well, we want to be able to make your exchange from the Expo Line to the new Millennium Line running as easy as possible. So by going to Production Way, you'll be able to change on the platform, which is great. You get off one train, cross the platform, onto the train that will run from uh, VCC Clark right through to uh, Lohi Station. Predictably some confusion over the weekend, but tomorrow, of course, will be the big test with the system under full use. Did you know that in a typical week, over 280,000 people use the SkyTrain system? And now, with more cars added and more stations coming into service with the new Evergreen line, that number will shoot past 300,000 very quickly. Last week, we told you about the ban on Samsung Note 7 phones on all airlines in North America. The flight ban has already caused headaches for Note 7 users who, well, were traveling outside the country when the ban was announced. Because users are forced to hand over the smartphone before boarding a plane, many are left wondering, well, how are they ever going to return their device for a refund? So for this reason, Samsung has now begun placing customer service reps at airports around the world to facilitate Note 7 returns. So if you're an owner who still hasn't handed in your phone, you can now arrange a product return at one of those airport kiosks. You'll need to complete a registration form to coordinate a permanent exchange or refund upon arrival at your final destination, and Samsung will set you up with a loaner device to use in the meantime. CBS's Melissa Garcia went to the airport to see how consumers are reacting. Checking in for his flight out of DIA, we talked to frequent business traveler Fred Apudaka, a loyal Samsung phone fan who isn't a fan of the 7 Edge they gave him to replace his Note 7. It's got half the memory and, and half the power. Apodaca had waited to upgrade his old Note 5 until the release of the Note 7 in August. Just days after he bought it, reports started coming in of the phones going up in flames. Definitely a concern now. I definitely don't want to get one of those phones. Samsung initially blamed the manufacturer of some of its batteries, but replacement Note 7s with new batteries blew up too, and customers like Apodaca had to switch phones again. The $25 they gave us for our inconvenience certainly didn't pay for it, and, and I think Samsung needs to to do a little better quality control. And he isn't the only one. Now that I've uh, heard about this, I might even consider switching to an iPhone. 
Adele and the Tragically Hip are just two recent examples here in Vancouver of scalper bots in action. Those computer bots capable of buying up huge blocks of tickets to concerts and major sporting events like the World Series and forcing consumers to make to the more expensive resale market. The uproar was loud enough for the politicians to hear when the Hip, for example, set out on its farewell tour this summer. There was no way all who wanted tickets were going to be able to buy them. There simply weren't enough seats or dates. We knew and expected that frustration, but... When we were forced to buy tickets at inflated prices from third parties, we raised a ruckus, one loud enough for the politicians to hear. Now, Ontario appears to be the first province to introduce legislation that will make it illegal to use sophisticated computer software for bulk ticket purchases. This will be tabled next spring in Toronto. No word from Victoria yet about similar laws to come here to B.C., but with an election only eight months away, the Liberals here will no doubt be looking at this issue to raise some popularity. In the face of reorganized of recommendations rather for new taxes on syrupy sugary drinks from the World Health Organization, like those taxes already implemented by countries like France and Mexico, PepsiCo announced this week they've set new targets for reducing sugar content in their drinks. So by 2025, they plan to increase the number of their drinks with 100 calories of sugar or less from the current 40% up to 65%. PepsiCo and its rival Coca-Cola have been under mounting pressure from health experts and governments who blame them for fueling epidemics of obesity and diabetes. Citing evolving science, PepsiCo's CEO says the new plans are more ambitious than previous versions, and the new targets, by the way, also include reductions in sodium and saturated fats. And finally, while we're talking about sinfully delicious treats, earlier this week... Mars announced M&M Caramel, a candy with a creamy caramel center covered in milk chocolate and decked out in a signature colorful shell. Mars says making this new delight is, well, kind of challenging, as they had to figure out how not to make the candy so soft it would collapse. They're still perfecting it, so don't expect to see this on the shelves until sometime next spring. My dentist suggests I can wait. The dentist sitting across the table from me agrees. These are some of the stories we're following this week on Vancouver Consumer. Linda Steele will be along a little later with another Steele report about the recent Apple product scam on Amazon. Coming up after the break, Don, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center here in Vancouver will join us to take your calls and to talk about the latest innovations in his world. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer. On News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the program. Sterling Fox joined in studio by Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers in Vancouver and in Coquitlam. Joining us this week, Dr. Ron, good to see you again, sir. It's been a long time. Good morning, Sterling. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Well, it's great to have you along with us. And it was Ron was chuckling, of course, as I did the M&M stories, because <laughs> dentists love stories like that, because, well, inevitably, they're going to cause problems that are going to need a visit to somebody's dental establishment, aren't they? Yeah, particularly if their oral hygiene isn't up to scratch. Well, that is, and, and th- let's just start right there, Dr. Ron, let, and, and talk about dental health, because this is what BC Perio is all about. It's dental health and overall well-being, and it's all about that smile, ultimately. No. But um, let's talk about dental health and, and how lax 
most of us tend to be? Or are we getting better? Are millennials, you see patients of all demographics, are millennials, for example, the newest paying customers, better equipped dental health-wise than, say, their moms and dads? I believe they are, Sterling. The, the, the people that we see, young children, for example, have fewer areas of fillings and decay than, than children of 20, 30, 40 years ago. Okay. And, and so there's, a, there's been a, an improvement in the general health. However, people are living longer and they're using up their teeth. So while people who are in their 60s now used to be the people who were in their 40s uh, from a deterioration perspective. Right. So, so from a dental health perspective, we see that people will take care of their teeth better, but they grind them down, they break them. Remember, you're putting an awful lot of force in your teeth and they're deteriorating. So we're having more years of deterioration before the people are coming in and needing some significant amount of work. Well, I suppose there is the the uh, the uh, inevitability of age, right? Now, let's assume though that that we are taking better care of our dental health. We're we're being more conscientious and we're being more uh, routinely conscientious. It's it's about routine, isn't it? It's about morning and, and night, every blinking day, no matter what, right? Yeah. Somebody once said to me, uh, "Practice makes perfect," or no, I said, "Practice makes perfect," and they and they said, "Well, not really." Perfect practice makes perfect. Okay. And when it comes to oral hygiene, if you're, the way that you care for your teeth, whether you brush them, floss them, whatever you do, if you mismanage it, you don't treat it right, and somebody doesn't pick up on it, you're habitually missing one specific area in your mm-hmm. mouth, and that area can cause you a lot of problems. Right. So it's a great idea to be at a hygienist, a general dentist's office, on a regular basis so that they can pick up on those things that you're missing in your hygiene protocols. And that's how you stay away from problems. So, you know, it, uh, I mean, we, the cynics in our midst will always say, well, you know, I got the call from the dentist's office. They want me to go in for my uh, semi-annual checkup and cleaning. I think it's just a cash grab. I'm not going to bother. I can do it once a year. I don't need to, don't need to go every six months. Uh, I'm thinking that's perhaps a little too cynical to <laughs> to be anything but uh, disadvantageous to that mindset, right? It's, really, it's true. And, and I'm reminded for the uh, more elderly folk like myself will remember the Fram filter commercials where they said, pay me now or pay me later. Right, of course, yeah. And if you pay me now, it's very inexpensive. You pay me later, it's going to be very expensive because the damage that's done is going to be very expensive to take care of. I mentioned the inevitability of age, so let's let's lean in that direction for a few minutes, however uncomfortably, because uh, age does, it, it, the implication is that there will be a deterioration of some kind, because now, as you mentioned, we're definitely living longer and living better. Indeed. So is age, is there a deterioration factor that no matter what we do is automatic with our teeth? From a scientific perspective, I can tell you that there are some people that are in their late 80s or 90s that still have all their teeth and will probably retain all their teeth the rest of their life. But having said that, that's not the norm. Okay. The norm is we use our teeth. We use them to eat, to chew, to grind. We often will grind our teeth at nighttime, during daytime, during moments of stress. It's the accumulation of that force that will cause teeth to break down, even though the hygiene that you have on a day-to-day basis is good. So we find, at least I find, the majority of people who come to see me often have a majority of their problems stemming from biting loads, biting forces, if you will, which cause the severe deterioration of the tooth structure, be it as a fracture or by grinding their teeth away. 
Okay, and uh, let's talk to uh, let's talk about the sort of person that would come to a BC Perio Clinic. The big ones in Vancouver, uh, very close to City Hall, uh, and the new one, new west one, is in Coquitlam. Correct? That's correct. So let's talk about. Um, uh, the sort of uh, patient that you would see typically at BC Perio, for example, Dr. Zoko, would it be someone who has a regular dentist who has perhaps a problem that their GP, I don't know what the dental word or the dental equivalent of a general practitioner in, in medicine is, but if they're family dentist, pro- it's, it's just beyond that individual's capability to fix this particular problem. Is that why they go to see you? It's one of the reasons that they'll come and see us now. And the general practitioner in medicine is the same as the general practitioner in dentistry. Oh, so it's a GP dentist. GP dentist. Okay, exactly. great. Exactly. All exactly. Right. Now, what happens is that in a person who is attending a general dentist on a regular basis will may have a problem, and the general dentist may have a sense that they're uncomfortable with what it would take to care, take care of their needs, in which case we'd receive referrals from that general dentist okay. for that patient. We also have patients that will hear us, let's say, on CKNW at 980 AM, and they'll say, hmm, I wouldn't mind having a consult, an understanding of where I'm at, from an uh, a periodontal office, if you will, that has both a periodontist and a prosthodontist involved, and you'll have an expert level of understanding of where your your dental condition lies and what might be the direction of treatment that would be recommended. Can I call upon your patients for a couple of seconds? You just used a couple of big words that I'd like to make sure everyone understands. Sure. Periodontics and prosthodontics. This is the specialty areas of BC Perio. Describe what those two things mean. Certainly. Periodontics is, peri is around, if you will. And dontics is teeth, right. so around the teeth. And we're talking about the gum and the bone structure around teeth. Well, that's being expanded to include areas where there are no teeth, where dental implants will be placed. But it's the management of the bone and soft tissue and provision of implant services that involves the periodontal field. Prosthodontics refers to the process where teeth that are made in a laboratory are then placed in the mouth. So it's a prosthetics if you will. So prosthodontics is prosthetic teeth made in laboratory and then inserted, usually on top of implants, or they could be on natural teeth that have been reduced and received just a single crown. Okay, so any any uh, uh, prosthetic uh, service is prosthodontics then? Pretty much. Tell us about your partner, Dr. Bobby Birdie, who is one of the most educated in this field in North America, if not this hemisphere. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good argument to make. Uh, Dr. Birdie is a uh, gentleman who was born in Canada, did his undergraduate work in Saskatoon, and then went down to Minnesota and did a, a program, a certified specialty in prosthodontics. And then having completed that, did a certification in periodontics. So he's a dual specialist in periodontics and prosthodontics. Additional to that, he has achieved a standard that is beyond the basic general, uh, let's say certified specialist, because now he's taken examinations that may give him the title of being a diplomate, if you will, or board-certified okay. uh, periodontist and prosthodontist in both Canada and the U.S., and that's a unique set of credentials. Nobody else has those. So he can actually, he, he, he can perform his services literally anywhere on this continent. 
Oh, uh, as long as he's got license to practice. Exactly. In no, no, but in Absolutely. terms of being board certified and recognized by his peers, uh, there, there's certainly no, no problem there at all. Well, I tell you, he's one of the most wanted men in this world. I mean, <laughs> because he wanted to, he's wanted to go lecture and to give his knowledge and skills to the other members of the profession all over the place. What got you into this field? I mean, you started out oh. as a GP dentist eons ago, some 40 years ago here in Vancouver. What made you sort of turn up this street and stay on it for all these years? My first 20 years in practice was with my father, and he was a prosthodontist. Oh, okay. okay. And I was a general dentist. Still am, for that matter. But what happened is that I got into the field that he knew. So I had what was similar to a 20-year residency in prosthodontics with my father providing that foundation of information, knowledge, and training. What I found back in the early 80s, that when implants started to come into focus in our field, it served as a potential to rehabilitate people at a significantly higher level. And I was one of the first people in this area of the world to get into this field. Well, it so captivated me, and I got my training, and I got my board certification um, from the American Board of Oral Implantology in 1996, and uh, I did more of my reconstructive dentistry using dental implants, so using a combination of dental implants and the teeth to rehabilitate people that were severely broken down. Okay. And that's how I really got started. Uh, I, I had developed a training program in 1996 to help dentists learn how to do oral implantology to diagnose issues, to treat them on a very comprehensive level from, from both the surgical and the prosthetic perspective. Dr. Zoko, what's the difference uh, to the consumer, to the person whose mouth it is, to having a set of dentures, false teeth, versus implants? What's mm-hmm. the benefit of of using the implant approach versus the denture approach, which I assume the majority of people with teeth issues still have dentures rather than implants, correct? I'm not so sure. I think implants have become more of a norm. Certainly have. And uh, we're seeing more and more. But having said that, there are an awful lot of people wearing dentures today. Mm -hmm. What happens with a set of dentures is that now your biting force is transitioned through the denture onto the gum tissue and underlying bone structure. The bone structure continues to deteriorate because of the pressure and the damage that's created in the soft tissue through biting through your denture. Really? So over time, as your bone deteriorates, you lose more and more bone structure if you're the average denture wearer. There's the odd exception, but they're rare. So the the use, because there's no teeth there and you're you're just using a denture, some kind of dental appliance where the teeth used to be, that pressure on the upper jaw bone eventually causes the bone to actually wear down a little? That's correct. I would have thought the opposite. I would have thought that pressure would have kept it sort of invigorated. If the pressure is developed within the body of the bone structure, like say through a dental implant, and the force that's generated onto the into the bone structure is within a window of force, the bone is actually made stronger and better. Oh, okay. okay. Right. When it comes from the outside, it's a different character of the biology system. What happens is you get small tissue damage on the surface of the bone. The body's response to that is to actually cause an inflammatory response, and that inflammatory response erodes the bone. So over a period of time, your jaw gets smaller and smaller, your dentures fit poorer and poorer, 
and then you end up having to remake or reline your dentures. So when people come to you who are denture wearers and say, look, you know, it's just not working out. I'm, I'm, it's becoming uncomfortable. I, I, I'm sensing that it's not likely to get any better. Uh, let's have a talk about this implant business. And they do, and they go through the procedure. What's the, what, do, what do they tell you the biggest difference to wearing dentures and having implants in their lives is? <laughs> It, uh, where do I start? <laughs> it's uh, it's a, such a massive difference. Let's start here. First of all, the, your teeth that are fitted to implants do not move. Therefore, it's much, much more uh, confident. The person has more confidence in doing business or social involvement. Uh, we can make them look as good, if not better, than, than dentures. We can... Uh, now they are biting with force, and there's an immediate 300% increase in the amount of force they can develop between the upper and lower teeth. So they can chew better. They can eat better. They can eat foods that are more nutritious for them. Mm. So they can be technically healthier. Uh, they can taste better. The denture covers the whole palate. There are... Oh, if you have a complete set? Yeah, that's right. Of yeah, course, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's and your taste zone, You have it? taste buds, literally in various parts of the mouth. And uh, although they're mainly concentrated in the tongue, if you take a look at some a wine aficionado who decides that he wants to taste the wine and determine how good that wine is, what do they do? They splash it everywhere in their they mouth. Swirl it around, yeah. They swirl it around, and they say they chew it or, or what have you, and it just moves all the wine into the, uh, on the, behind the lips, around the cheeks, on the roof of the mouth, yes. the tongue, everywhere to get the full benefit of the flavor. Mm-hmm. So... Food starts to taste better as well. The overall quality of life is so massively increased. It's really quite unbelievable. And, and just to give you an example, about four weeks ago, we treated a gentleman who came up from Seattle and who has been looking at where to get these uh, things done. And, and when we put these teeth in him all in one day, he couldn't speak. He, he just sobbed for about five minutes. That's oh, a wonderful story. Oh, we need to take a quick break. We're going to update the news here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Then we'll open up the phone lines. It's your turn with our guest, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio on Vancouver Consumer. It is 1134 and 12 degrees under very cloudy, socked-in skies this Sunday morning in Vancouver. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center in Vancouver and the new one in Coquitlam. Let's open up the phone lines and give you an opportunity to jump in on this conversation as well. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. Your questions to Dr. Ron Zokel about all matters dental are most welcome. Uh, Dr. Ron, you talked just before the break about a patient that you had uh, come up from Seattle uh, who did the Teeth in One Day uh, program and who was so overwhelmed by the results, he was incapable of speaking. He was just beside himself with joy. Tell us about Teeth in One Day. What's that? How does that work and what's it about? Well, let me start out by saying that Teeth in One Day is a concept. It is not, it's a concept where implants are placed inside the jaw and, the, and a full set of teeth are delivered on top of those implants the very same day. Now, the people who have these services can be people who are presently in dentures, 
And other people who have these procedures are people whose teeth are failing and they don't know what else to do. And there's probably no good, easy solution other than an extremely expensive set of procedures to save some teeth. And even then, perhaps the long-term stability is probably questionable. Okay. So some of those people we find, uh, for the gentleman who I did refer to earlier, came up from Seattle. And he had looked at a half a dozen different dental offices between Seattle and Vancouver. And I think one of the great things is the Canadian dollar value. Well, rather there's the US nothing dollar wrong value. with being discount city <laughs> now either, is there? No. So, so that was certainly in our favor is one of the three offices he looked at in Vancouver. But he decided to settle with us. Now, he had a situation where he had a lot of his old retained teeth, many of them broken down, some abscesses. Uh, some areas of cysts and disease within the jaw structure. And when we took a look at him, and I, I looked at what his x-rays saw, what we saw clinically. How old was this chap? And so he's in his mid-40s. This okay. Is, and this is young, I might add out. This okay. is pretty young. Normally people in his condition are could be in their mid-50s or 60s. In any case, he elected to jump in and have both upper and lower teeth all removed and have the implants placed at the same time and then have new set of teeth, put on those implants immediately the very same day. So he walked in with his old diseased teeth with a lot of problems inside. We cleaned out the disease, we put the implants in, and then we fixed the teeth on top of them. And man, did he look like a million dollars. I'll bet. Now, how long in advance do you, how much lead time do you need in order to be able to pull this off? Because clearly uh, you're talking about a very customized package for each patient. Well, in an emergency, we can get this done in a couple of days. Okay. In an emergency. But in under normal circumstances, we would normally take any from to two to three weeks because we would take a set of impressions. We have the laboratory make a set of teeth, temporary teeth for them. And then, uh, and then we'd appoint the time we have to organize for laboratory procedures and all the little things that are necessary to make this thing work. And then we go ahead and take the teeth out, put the implants in, put the temporary teeth in that same day. And then three or four months later, when the gum tissues have all healed and stabilized, then we make a final set of teeth. So the whole, so you extract the old damaged disease teeth and you put in the new implants. It's all part of the same procedure now. Well, this is what's different and this is what's new because before what we used to do is we used to take the teeth out and let the bone heal. We'd graft it in, and that would take about four or five months. Then yeah. we'd put the implants in, and we'd let those heal for about five or five or six months. And then we'd put the implants, um, excuse me, then we'd uncover the implants and then get ready to put a set of teeth on. So it would be a year to a year and a half process from start to stop. We do this all in the same day now. Oh, okay. Matt Humphreys, our producer. Should we go to the lines here, Matt? Okay, let's uh, let's take a call. Uh, good morning. Yes, um, all the procedure... To have, okay, bad teeth, and they extracted them, and I'd like to get implants. What's the cost? And also, i like to get new teeth. I mean, new you know, dentures. What's the total cost? I, I think that's a really, really important consideration. I, Go I, ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, think the, I think the way to answer that is say this is, the cost to put the implants in, put a temporary set of teeth in, and then put a final set of teeth in several months later is $25,000 per jaw. 
Okay. Yeah, but the caller also mentioned getting new dentures and then talking about getting implants. It's one or the other, isn't well, it? Well, if you're, if you're, the denture is converted into something that's fixed onto the teeth. So technically speaking, you can have a denture that sits on the gum tissue, which we refer to as full dentures, or you can have an implant denture that actually sits on the implant, but it doesn't have a palate, doesn't sit on the gum tissue, sits only on the implants. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I'm learning as, as rapidly as, as a lot of people <laughs> listening to this program right now. That's quite all right. So the cost, though, because it, clearly uh, this is a, a procedure and a service that is it's a major overhaul of your mouth, and it's, it's going to cost you some money. Indeed, and when you think about people that are trying to save their teeth, a full reconstruction, a periodontal prosthetic reconstruction, maintaining your teeth, doing bone grafting, rehabilitating, putting implants in where you're missing teeth, and just characterizing some, some people who are eligible for this type of procedure, the other form of treatment to rehabilitate and save the teeth might have a, a cost that would be well over $100,000. Sure, yeah. So this is probably the best bang for the buck that you can ever imagine for somebody who's going to have to lose their teeth or has already lost their teeth. Uh, Dr. Ron, how do corporate benefit packages or additional outside purchase dental insurance packages help in something uh, as uh, as focused uh, as uh, this implant procedure, teeth in one day? Well, prepayment plans or dental insurance plans themselves have very little benefit for you. In fact, the placement of implants any work of bone grafting or things like that, generally do not have any coverage for the average dental plan. Is that considered a luxury? Is that why they are reluctant to go there? No, it's a cost factor. Is insurance companies, if you, they pay for dental implants, they go broke in a heartbeat. Okay. Uh, so it's a, it's a financial plan, and all the dental insurance plans are, are based on the type of coverage. It's kind of a prepayment plan rather than an insurance plan. And what happens is that there's a contract between the insurance company itself that's offering this dental plan, and they contract to provide these specific services for this type of a premium. And if, if your plan falls in that type of coverage area, you get coverage. And if they don't, you don't. So good, good advice, though, for anyone shopping for outside the corporate benefit package additional insurance. If you're looking at some kind of dental plan and you're, you know, you're shopping the marketplace for that, perhaps you should look at a plan that would include at least the option of this implant coverage. And, and there are few to none. Oh, really? Yes. It's just about non-existent. And, uh, and again, it's, it's a prohibitive cost from an insurance company perspective? Absolutely. And I think if I understand it correctly, I think most dental plans are loss leaders for insurance companies. They provide that type of a package so they can also include other insurance uh, benefits to corporations and such. For them to try and cover the cost of dental implant work itself would be incredibly prohibitive. And I don't think that anybody would be considered to tolerate the premiums that would be necessary to keep them from losing their financial butts. Mm-hmm. Okay, 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. Your calls to Dr. Ron Zokel about Matters Dental on the program this morning. Uh, we talked about the inevitability of age and the fact that no matter how uh, conscientious we are with respect to dental or oral health, uh, the aging process eventually is going to just, it's, it's going to do what it will do no matter what we do to resist it, correct? Oh, yeah, that's very, very true. And when I try to summarize this whole concept for people when it comes to aging and deterioration of teeth, uh, my general comments are along this line. There are two reasons that people have problems with their teeth, and one includes bacteria, and the other includes force. 
And if you can manage both, you can manage bacteria by cleaning your teeth effectively. Right. And if you can, by some means, reduce the forces that you generate on your teeth on a daily basis, you're going to stay out of the dental office for any significant amount of work for a majority of your life. How does one reduce the forces on uh, one's teeth? A diet of marshmallow? I, mean, <laughs> I find it, I, I'm, I'm trying to imagine how that could happen. What, what a lot of people don't understand is that we put a great deal more force on our teeth when we're not eating than what we're eating. Ah, the grinding yeah. thing that you were talking about uh-huh. earlier. Parafunctional forces, what have you. Some people, when they are focused on an objective, they're really concentrating, they will clench. They will, their stress is manifested through the muscles. Oh, and muscles. you can see the muscles on their neck just it. jump right out. Yeah. Got it. Now, people can be putting force on their teeth, that well over 1,000 pounds of force in the molar area uh, when they do that. And I'm, that's I'm thinking now, in my mind's eye, I'm seeing Clint Eastwood saying, Go ahead, punk. Make my day. And he's got his teeth so clenched, his every vein in his, above his shoulders is popping up. So you're getting the impression. So what happens is when you have food. Now, somebody who doesn't have parafunctional forces, instead of putting 1,000 pounds of force on the teeth, would generate about somewhere between 150 and 200 pounds of force. Okay. And that's significantly less. The force is taken to bite through, let's say, a fairly good-sized raw carrot. It's only about 25 pounds of force, 28 pounds of force. So we don't need much force force for, from our teeth to actually eat our food. So a lot of this is simply the reaction to stress in our lives, and this is our coping mechanism. We just grind our teeth to powder over a lifetime. And that causes the majority of the te- deterioration, particularly for people who we see in a y- their younger years. And uh, so there you can break teeth that way, but you can also grind them down to nubbins, if you will. And in either, in either case, that needs some attention to work. And whether or not it's feasible to rebuild the teeth themselves or whether you should have implants is a decision you make in harmony with somebody who can provide both levels of services. Right. Now, you talked about uh, the GP, the family dentist, and uh, uh, going and, and having a problem, perhaps discovering during an exam, a problem that is perhaps beyond the capabilities of that dentist in that office to, to address. That dentist would refer you to BC Perio. Does a, does a person who wants to sit down with a, a pro like you or Dr. Bobby Birdie or one of your colleagues need to have a referral from his or her family dentist to get in the front door? In one word, no, absolutely not. We provide a service of, could be second opinions. It could be a referral from a dentist. It could be somebody who listens to the station, decides they'd like to have a complimentary examination and, and an x-ray scan so that we can understand the nature of the problem. Our goal is to give people information. Okay. So somebody phones into our office the information will be taken. They'll arrive. They'll have a CT scan done. We'll do an examination. There will not be a fee for it. That's our normal protocol. Interesting stuff. And, and because our philosophy... You know, it's, a lot of people uh, are, are going, oh, come on. Oh, come on. Waiting for the other shoe to drop because, well, we're, we're cynical to begin with. And also we've had some experiences over our lifetimes with dentists and uh, some of them have been expensive. So... Uh, somebody offering a, a complimentary consultation in the confines of, of a sophisticated office environment like you have in both Vancouver and Coquitlam is kind of hard to believe, if you don't mind my saying well, so. I don't mind you saying that at all. Uh, but our business model is such that we understand that. If people don't understand what their needs are and their possible solutions are for them, they don't know how to take another step. Good point. We, we eliminate that barrier. And and we're successful enough where we can say, we don't mind donating that time so you can understand and we can understand what that concerns are. Now, if you still want us to do the work and would like to entertain us to treat you, we'd be very happy to do so. 
If oh. the workload is outside of our skill sets, we will refer you to the right person. But either way, we're prepared to see anybody for their dental issues to see if we can help them. And if we can't, we will let them know of that as well. Okay, so uh, and, and what does one uh, need to do in order to set up one of these uh, complimentary consultations and information sessions is what it's going to boil down to, sure. isn't it? So you give BC Perio a call at uh, 604-872-0222, speak to a receptionist and say, could I, could I get a consultation? Could I have an implant consultation? And uh, they'll set you up with an opportunity to sit with Dr. Birdie or myself, and uh, we will help you out. And um, typically when one finds out, because you don't go for a complimentary consultation to a, a sophisticated dental practice like yours because, oh, you had a little bit of a twinge. You go because something's wrong. You can It's your mouth. You can feel it. And you know it's just not going to get better. So let's face the awful truth here and find out what I'm up against. In a lot of cases, that's what it is, isn't it? Say information is power. Yeah. If you got the information, you know where to go next. If you don't have the information, you're guessing. Do a lot of people are a lot of people shocked uh, when they when they go through the procedure, the the uh, CT and the exam, and are told, "Well, here's your problem, and here's here are your options in terms of repairing this this problem." Yeah. I don't think that people are shocked because, by and large, they've lived with it for a decent amount of time. Sure, they're not usually finding a twinge here and twinge there and coming in. Mm-hmm. They generally have a dentist that they'll go see a general dentist rather than a specialty level office. And, and so when we have people come in, they generally are aware of the nature of their condition and where they would like to go. They, from time to time, we'll say, you know, what we see here suggests that it's not a good idea to treat it this way or that way because it's not likely to last very long. Therefore, you want to consider possibly going in this direction or this direction. And we'll have that discussion because part of what we offer is a guideline and direction service also not based just and solely on what we see and what we understand, but what we hear from your priorities as well. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned lasting long. How, what's the lifespan of, let's assume, a full upper plate, the palate covering kind that you were the talking about a few denture. minutes ago? The full denture. What, what's the lifespan of that versus the implant alternative? Well, I'm going to presume you to think that nothing's changing under the denture. So the denture, well, maybe I should make that presumption. Because there is bone remodeling and bone loss underneath the denture, it has to be repaired. It has to be either realigned or a new denture made. And if not, the rate of bone loss will start to increase. And so how frequently if should a denture wearer anticipate some kind of modification to that prosthesis for his or her own health? It could be somewhere in around three to five years. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people will wear that denture almost forever. Mm-hmm. And But the bone loss that's associated with it is very significant. So when you say how long can somebody wear a denture, it depends what you're prepared to tolerate. I suppose. Yeah. And when it comes to implants, implant-supported teeth have the potential to last you the rest of your life. And I say potential. That doesn't mean that there's no... It's, there's also implant disease, but if you... you take care and clean those implants at a moderate level for the rest of your life properly, then the chances are you have that implant literally for the rest of your life. You know, and there's get, no other service in dentistry that has that longevity. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I suppose that, that uh, is, is the, the, the ultimate, the sort of the deal clincher, right, in terms of, well, you know, you get this done and you're finished. You're, I mean, you take care of yourself, but you're done. There's no more dental issues here. You don't have to tweak that uh, dental appliance every five years. <laughs> well, you still wear your teeth down. Uh, that's... 
Ah. Okay, so so the wear factor comes in here. When you have teeth supported by implants, you're putting more force on the teeth because now you can. But the material you use to build on top of the implants is going to be a factor in how often you might have to have them repaired or, or such. It's not stopping. Uh, if you don't put any force on your teeth of any significance and you clean them well, theoretically, you might go the rest of your life with very, very little cost in dentistry. Okay, I like this uh, complimentary consultation and uh, uh, the process is simply uh, either go to the website, which is bcperio.ca, or how about that phone number once more, if you wouldn't mind? Uh, 604-872-0222. Uh, great to have you on Vancouver Consumer, and great to meet you again. We've, we've done this uh, in another world, another world years ago, and it's so much fun to catch up with you, Ron. Thank you, Sterling. It's been a pleasure. Dr. Ron Zoko from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center in Vancouver and Coquitlam, too. We'll be right back here on News Talk 980 CKNW. It's 11.54. Our thanks again to Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio for joining us this week. And uh, now it's time for another edition of the Steel Report. And this time we're looking at an Apple scam on Amazon. Here's Linda Steele. I'm Linda Steele, and this is your Steel Report. If you've recently bought an Apple product on Amazon thinking you scored a great deal, there's a good chance you've been scammed. Apple says it's been purchasing chargers and cables from Amazon, and while they're labeled as genuine Apple products, 90% of them are actually counterfeit. The tech giant is suing a Jersey-based mobile star for allegedly imprinting Apple's logo on cables and charges, then selling them as real Apple products on Amazon. Apple warns counterfeit products can be dangerous. In the lawsuit, Apple claims the fakes put by at risk of overheating, fire, even electrical shock. Amazon hasn't been named in the lawsuit. Apple says when it contacted Amazon to tell the online retailer products they purchased were fake, Amazon pointed Apple in the direction of Mobile Star. In a statement, Amazon says the company has a zero tolerance for counterfeiters on its site and that it pursues wrongdoers aggressively. I'm Linda Steele, and that's your Steele Report. All right. Thanks, Linda. Steele and Drex, weekday afternoons, 2 to 6, right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. On the program next week, as the rules have changed once again in just the past few days in the real estate game, we're looking forward to having Angela Calla, host of The Mortgage Show, which is Saturdays here on CKNW, will join us to give us a better understanding of the latest rule changes. There may be even more by the time we roll into this next Sunday and how they're playing out around Metro Vancouver, and there are significant developments as a result of all of this. And, of course, we'll open up our phone lines as well. A couple of more quickie consumer items before we go today. The new Apple Watch Series 2 has been released. So far, reviews are favorable, mostly saying it looks the same, but the hardware has been greatly improved, which is why it's out so soon. It's basically a do-over for Apple, and it's faster and more capable. And only a month after declaring themselves to be out of the phone and such devices game, the people at BlackBerry have announced, well, the DTEC 60 will be coming out. This announcement will be official in a day or two. This new DTEC 60, 60 rather, BlackBerry will sell for about 700 bucks Canadian. And it, too, is a sort of do-over because it replaces the DTEC 50, which came out this summer for about $429. A pre-sale information, by the way, about the new BlackBerry is all over Canadian and U.S. websites. Still no keyboard, however. That, the folks at BlackBerry say, is next. But, of course, 
they're out of the phone and devices game. Ah, and that is our program for this weekend. My thanks to producer Matt Humphrey for all his superb work in keeping this thing on the, on the right path. And thank you for joining us today. I'm Sterling Fox, back next Sunday here on Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.